You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it is a pleasure to be your host as always. And it's a pleasure to welcome this week's guest. It's a pleasure to welcome our North of Football, North of Scotland football correspondent Stephen Shan. Stephen, it's a pleasure to finally get you on the pod. Uh, absolutely Scott, it's a pleasure to finally be on the pod. Um, uh, thanks very much for having me on. I'm looking forward to, to enjoying the show tonight and contributing uh, hopefully uh, to it as well. It's a pleasure, and we're delighted to be welcome by as well. It's a pleasure to welcome on Laurie Finlayson. Laurie, welcome on, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely pleasure, Scott. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm absolutely delighted to be here, and hopefully I don't stink the place in. <laughs> I'm sure you won't, I'm sure you won't. We have had a, we've had a busy weekend, obviously, full league action, uh, a lot to talk about. Let's start today, like we're recording this on Sunday night. We'll start with the Sunday game, obviously the, the early kick-off today, mm-hmm. and we'll then move into the five games on Saturday. Talk a wee bit about the Championship League 1, League 2, and we'll preview what's coming up this week. Let's start yeah. at St Marin Park. St Marin won now up at half-time. Stephen, I thought St Marin were brilliant first half, How, handled it really well, were able to get that early, early penalty again. Yep. We'll touch on that in a wee second, but <clears> the red card killed them a wee bit, and then Celtic just absolutely relentless second half. Five different goal scorers. It really was that simple. St Marin held out well first half. I thought the red card kind of killed them a wee bit, and then Celtic, you gave them a target to aim at, and they absolutely take it. They were absolutely rampant in that second half. Oh, absolutely, Scott. The... Um... It's a, it's a good it's a good point you made about the first half because that's how they've been setting up at home, especially against the better teams. Uh, I think I think I heard today it was only nine goals they'd lost uh, at, at home for the rest of the season up until today. So fair play uh, to Mr. Robinson. He, he sets his team up well. Obviously, they had a game plan. They stuck to it, uh, and unfortunately, it all went a bit, a bit pear shaped when uh, Mr. Dunn decided to. Play a short pass back, and and from then on, I Celtic Celtic just took over. And as you say, they're just relentless. They've so many options that can come off a bench. And look at the the impact that Leila Bada had in the second half, in particular. Laurie, we we touched on it last week, obviously about Celtic, where you would probably say that the front kind of three were maybe a bit disappointing last week. They maybe weren't like that. The starting eleven, the midfield certainly won the game. It was rules reversed this week. The, the, the substitutes they made at, at half time were absolutely spot on. And it was just it was one way traffic in that second half. It could have been nine or ten if the Celtic had really wanted it. Celtic were just absolutely sensational second half. Yeah, they, they absolutely were. I mean, all credit to St. Merrin in the first half, but is this not quite similar to what St. Merrin did the other week there against Celtic at Parkhead, where they Maybe didn't necessarily get in front, but they held their own, got a man sent off again later today, and just fell apart. But Celtic's squad depth is unbelievable. Sometimes when when a Celtic lineup comes out, sometimes I pay more attention to the bench than I do a start yeah. eleven. Because the fact that the length of a badder is 
won't they? An impact stuff, you know, that, that just shows you where they are compared to the rest of the football. Stephen, before we, we can uh, move on, Celtic, obviously, Laurie made a good point there about their bench. You look at who they're mm. bringing, we say this every week. I thought kind of Jota was maybe lucky to start the game. I don't think he, he's been in great form. Kyogo is obviously Kyogo, does what he does. Maeda came off at half time and brought a bad on, and you were, as you rightly said, a bad. I mean, had such a good impact, but it's it's who they bring on after that. O'Reilly comes on for Hitati, oh, yeah. on for Kyogo, Haksabanovic for Jota, Iwata for Moy. They've just got so much depth, and that is the big difference. And that that kind of thing with Celtic as well. We'll, we'll touch on Rangers in a minute with Laurie, who also was at the game. Like when Celtic have something to aim at, they just come, they just go for it constantly. They they don't stop. They they get. Ange made a good point at three one. They could have probably just put the put the flat flops on and just <laughs> stood. They just basically just that was that been the game. But they go for the more mm-hmm. goals, and that's why the goal difference is what it is. They're only eight yeah. games away from this title, and that's why they've just got so much depth and. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they don't stop. They go they three no. one isn't enough, four one isn't enough. They go and get an extra goal, and it's just that that is the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a good point. The their twenty eight goal difference above Rangers means it's it's basically another point. So, so that for, yeah. for that reason it means they've the they only need eight wins from their last eleven games, basically to win the title. And they are, they're absolutely relentless. And I'd, I'd probably agree, Joe, I was Joe, I was quiet last uh, Sunday. I did watch Cup Final uh, before I unfortunately watched uh, my, my other team, Newcastle's uh, display in the English League Cup Final. Well, never mind that. <laughs> um, uh, he was a bit quiet. And, um, and I would say it's Celtic's midfield for me is just so far ahead of everybody else's. Yeah. And as if you're taking somebody like O'Reilly off a bench, he's class as well. And, and and just yeah, the, the, the move the ball so quickly between uh, from front from midfield to front, the teams just kind of they kind of deal with it. I will say actually the, the I watched the sports scene uh, just now and their setting goal was a bit dubious. I, I think uh, you could have an argument that Johnston coming in the back post one possibly fouled his man and two uh, it was his hand that it hit before it went into the roof of the net. Defending was poor, very poor. He's strong enough for St Mirren, but uh, I think that could have been. I don't know if they even looked at it, Var. No, I think the only the only the Var was certainly. Uh, I was influenced mm. in the first the, the St Mirren goal, but that was really again. It's just Var. We could probably do a full show in Var this weekend again, <laughs> but we'll leave we'll leave Var. But again, just another ruthless display from Celtic, and they've only that St Mirren is their only St Mirren and Rangers at home, and they're the only points have dropped, and it's just that remarkable level of consistency. And again, it just shows you the, the depth they have. Laurie, let's move into Ibrox on Saturday. Rangers 3, Kilmarnock 1, Goldson, Sakal and Tavernier for Rangers in the first half. You were at the game. I want to know what you think of this. This was kind of my assessment I've wrote down here. No, it's Rangers' first half really, really good. Kilmarnock were really struggling to get a handle on them. Obviously, it was 3 now at half time. Rangers dip in the second half. I think a lot of tired legs kick in. Maybe foot off the gas to a degree. Kilmarnock had their chances, obviously get the goal, maybe fortunate on to get another. And it kind of just was that. Rangers were really on it in the first half, slow second half, and Kilmarnock kind of slowly grab, grew into the game, but by then it was too late. Yeah, that summed it up pretty well, Scott. I mean, Kilmarnock couldn't couldn't get out their own half, really, in the, in the first half, and Rangers were just all over them. I mean, 
at control they have been quite comfortably four or five now to Rangers at the break. Kelly were probably quite relieved that it was only that it was only three now in the end. Uh, well, in the end at half time. Obviously in the second half, uh, Kelly got a goal, got a goal back and and did have a few kind of spells, but as you pointed out, Rangers kind of took their foot off the gas because we knew that the game was effectively won. I don't I don't want to kind of vouch for complacency here, but you know, the game was won. Come on up are never going to to turn it around and even sell the point there. At three 0 it was effectively game over. Stephen one Obviously, Rangers, they, they needed a performance. There's been a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. Like if you've been in, in Twitter this week, a lot of Rangers fans are not happy, rightly so. But there's been a lot of kind of conflicting kind of things about the is it the board's fault? Was it did the manager get it wrong? It's I thought Rangers needed a performance. First half, I thought they were excellent. I thought a big reason for that was was the likes of Todd Cantwell, who I thought was terrific. Raskin was maybe not as good as he, he's shown, but again, I think it, it's gonna take him time. I don't think it's a coincidence though when you've got the likes of Cantwell, Kent, I thought was really good as well. First half they were just ele- they were just electric. They were getting into they were getting into good spaces as like tenacity as well. I thought Cholak had a really good game. Mm. I think Rangers needed a performance in that first half, I think, shows you that this Rangers team can get to good levels when they want to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean definitely an excellent first half display. Um they're, they're eleven league games unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Under Beale, okay, let's let's you got to point that which is it, that's a fair um, start for for Michael Beale, but it's it, yeah it's it's the levels you spoke about before. They did get to that level first off, but as you say, when Celtic get to three, they didn't stop. They got they went to four and they went to five, and that was just in one half. Whereas Rangers have stopped basically at half time, uh, took their foot off the gas and, and let come on it back in. But first off, yeah, they were relentless. I like Todd Cantwell. Um, I actually liked him when he first came in a go at Norwich, uh, even in, in the Premier League when they were in the Premiership. So I was a bit surprised um, you were able to get him. But um, they're obviously in the Championship now, Norwich. So, But he, yeah, he's a threat. Comes from mid, through from midfield. And Kent, uh, on his day, is obviously going to be uh, a big danger man. Connor Goldson's first goal this year, I believe. Um, and But you've got a good... And you've got another... Big game on Wednesday night uh, away to Hibs, who who were in decent form as well as I'm sure we'll discuss shortly. Yeah, we'll preview that, Laurie. I want to get your thoughts, obviously, in Kilmarnock. Again, that that's that's as a cliche, but Kilmarnock won't be judged in games at Ibrox or Parkhead. But you have to look at that away form. Two points from forty five. I thought in the first half they were really soft in terms of look that some really easy goals, particularly the first goal. Mm. There's three, there's three opportunities to get rid of that ball when it still ends up at Conor Goldson's feet. I would be concerned. I've been concerned all season about what they've got forward-wise. Defensively, though, I thought they were very soft and that away form must be a concern. Yeah, very, very soft. Come on, where I mean, the first goal was a joke, frankly. Usually three opportunities to play that ball. Nobody's a responsibility. The second goal's not much better. The first one, well, you could debate about VR all day, as we've just said, but but the away form is 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 dreadful. I mean, two points from forty-five on offer. That's, there's no excuse for that really. And the thing is, 
Kilmarnock will need to win at least one game on the road between now and the end of the season if they want to stay up. That's that's the reality of it. Where do you put the away form down to though? Because it's one that like I know like Rugby Park, it's it can be a, a, a kind of fortress if you like, but that is a weird kind of thing. Like I with Derek McKinney's teams, I I assume when I see them that they're quite hard to beat. I don't mm. do you know what I mean? I just even the yeah. two, even the, the fact it's two draws, you would expect even more than that. I just it's mm. something I've spoken to a few Kilmarnock fans and they can't put their finger on this away run. No, but I can't put my finger on it either. I mean, I kind of go over it time and time again in my head and I still can't really place what it is. And, and it's nothing to do with, like, backing or lack of backing because Kilmarnock always have, and even yesterday, you know, some of the very good away support fibers. And so, so it's not that. And, you know, at Rugby Park, Kevin's form is pretty decent, only losing, what, three games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three games at Rugby Park, two of which were against the old firm sides. Yeah. But I cannot put a finger on how we're so inept away from home. What do you think as well? Obviously, you look at like well, when we'll get into talking about the likes of like Motherwell have got Kevin Van Veen, Ross County have brought in a few good strikers over in the January window. The United, you've still got the likes of Stephen Fletcher in there. Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. again, all the Shaw's left, Lafferty's left. You're going into a game, no disrespect to Christian Doidge, but I don't have a lot of confidence that Christian Doidge is going to keep Kilmarnock up. Kilmarnock need a striker. Kilmarnock have always had strikers that can score goals and I don't mm. see many goal threats in this Kilmarnock team, Laurie. No, it's... Uh, striker has been a real problem area for this team. It's no secret. And even Kyle Vassell, who I would say in his best time at the club and only having one goal to his name, mm. I would say the best striker up by a fair distance and that's a... It's a pretty low bar and again, that's no disrespect to Vassell, but I mean, I don't have much confidence in Dodge either. I would say of late, he'd actually been a little better than if he started. But again, that's really speak for much, to be honest. And then you're basically left with Scott Robinson, who you could argue is an attacking midfielder, and then Bobby Wales, who's only 17, so we can't yeah. really handle the pressure on him. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll. we'll... Probably they'll be twists and turns in this relegation zone all season, but again, I just worry about Kilmarnock at the at the front end. We'll move into Hibs continuing their really good run as well. Uh, five five goals in the past six games, uh, matches for Ellie Ewan. He scored a double. They came from behind to beat Livingston 4 1. Stephen, I think Ellie, uh, Ellie Ewan has been a bit of a weird one because I, thought, I don't think he, he hit the ground running straight away. There was a lot of people, I spoke to a couple of Hibs fans, and they were saying he's not anywhere near what they're looking for and you look at the likes of Boyle been injured Kevin Nisbet McGeady obviously been ruled out for the season Hibs need mm-hmm. a Hibs need a, a big a big striker to kind of take the reins and if they're going to push their top six and Ewan's been actually pretty good lately and he's again mm-hmm. a double and coming from behind we'll touch on Livingston a wee minute but again just Hibs he's Ewan's been a slow burner but he's he's proving to be quite a big player for Hibs uh, he's, he's, he's stepped up when he's needed to in fairness to him uh, I would agree with you that he, he's quite a poor start he just wasn't a I, I don't know quite st- if he took a bit of time to get rid of, to get used to the pace and the strength required because um, he's not the strongest of players but uh, he took his goals, goals very well yesterday um, I, saw, I saw them earlier 
Uh, and as you said, five and six games. He needed a hand in a third goal as well uh, yesterday. So seven unbeaten for Hibs. It's a good run after things were looking pretty grim for uh, Mr. Johnson at one, at one point. Um, the, the, the need you want to keep that level up because, as you say, they've, they've got, got some bad injuries. Uh, I mean, I mean MD, any team would miss Nisbet and Boyle because that, that's two very good strikers and McGeady was, was playing well. It's unfortunate that he got, an, he got that bad injury. Laurie, yeah. I think we, with Livingston as well, I think it's a weird one because I, I we, we look at Livingston a lot and we think they're very composed at the back. They obviously did have the red card, which I think did just completely mm-hmm. kill them. But losing four goals, especially after being 1-0 up, it's very unlike this Livingston team. Yeah, absolutely. Is. I mean, they're always they're always incredibly solid, really tough to and really tough to break down. But as you say about the red cards, if I'm not mistaken, it was Obelai who came on to uh, to replace uh, who was it they got sent off? Can't remember. Uh, Fitzwater was it? Fitzwater. Uh, yeah. We bring on Obelai. Who then has to go off injured, so there's that as well. Mm-hmm. But even, even before that, I mean, especially at home, it's it's not like it's not like any team, and it's great to have to go to Armandale and you know pick up something with based on sports teams last night, barely to be mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think we have obviously they've got they have got their injury problems, but if you can get the likes of you and playing, I thought as well, the Ukrainian boy whose name I can never get right, uh, my, is it Maya Kretz or something? He's, him scoring as well. These guys coming on, like Nisbet obviously come on as a sub. You look at that Habs team and you think, are they, there seems to be a lot of individuals, there doesn't seem to be much of a spine, but they're mm-hmm. getting goals, they're scoring a lot. Of, that's that's the thing, as long as you can get goals and both Cadden even coming on, as uh, scoring the goal as well. I think this Hibs team are more than capable of finishing top six. And again, they'll want Nisbet back to his best because I thought when he was when he came back mm-hmm. for injury, I thought he was terrific. If they can get Nisbet back and maybe link him up with Ewan, I think they could be they could be pretty fine. Let's move into the the evening game, which will again add a lot of stories on it as well. Obviously, Jim Goodwin coming in at the United Laurie. And I think a lot of people thought, including me, that maybe this would be the the new manager bounce classic that we see all the time, especially against mm. your former club. And it looked that way for a wee while. Like, again, Dundee United, I thought, were a better team in the first half. Mm. Second half, though, Aberdeen just turned it on, Laurie. I thought, again, just the Dundee United, they were, they, you, they did see, you did see signs of what they can do. But I thought they were really poor at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dundee United did start really well. I mean, Stephen Fletcher had a few chances and, you know, he's someone who I'm sure will have really disappointed. Not even just on the United and a lot of people across Scotland because of what he would have came back and done a lot more this season. But back on to the, on to the game, I mean, I'm a youth Scott. I thought it was going to be, you know, new manager bounce. Maybe Jim Goodman would scrape 1-0, but, I mean, Aberdeen... The quality just kind of shone through in the end. I mean, Duke has probably been one of the one of the constants in Aberdeen. Even yeah. even in the kind of bad spells towards the end, under Goodwin there, Duke was one of the ones who would kind of pull them through. And lo and behold, he and the few others did that last night. Yeah, 
Stephen, I think obviously with Aberdeen, like they've got, like I, I don't think it was. I think a lot of Aberdeen fans would say it wasn't a performance that they want to watch again. But when you've got the likes of Duke, I thought Clarkson was really good as well. Obviously, mm. two assists. When you've got players like that, when you're maybe under the cost a wee bit, if you, they can produce bits of quality and get some really some help from some really poor defending, which I thought happened as well. Yeah. Then it shows you Aberdeen the cat they are capable of put of doing it because when you've got two players like that. They were the big difference yesterday. Leighton uh, Clarkson is a, I mean, he's, he's technically a level above, obviously being at being at Liverpool. But he set he set up the last two goals, um, and it was very impressive how he finished the game. But the the, the moment of magic was surely from Duke uh, coming in. Yeah, terrible defending, fair enough. Um, but but uh, he did well to close the defender down. And to actually get onto the ball because he was he looked almost second favourite to get on, mm. get headed headed it down, came across his man and to back heel it uh, from that position was was pretty cheeky and pretty impressive. So when you hear guys like that, you can't they can't win your games. Uh, but yeah, the first half, Dun United were were they were definitely the better team. Dons yeah, didn't look, look shaky at the back as as they have done for a lot of the season. Uh, and United will be disappointed they didn't uh, they weren't in front. Um, at half time, to be honest, but fair play Aberdeen st- stuck at it. Ross McCrory's uh, surely one of our, their better players. Good to see him getting a goal. He he, he always produces a can seven eight out of ten every week, uh, and then obviously Marley Watkins got the third first time he, he scored in quite a while. Was more impressive in his first spell at the Dons. Has probably struggled uh, since yeah. he's came back, but I, I think people you've got to remember it was three years. Three years of gap, so it's, it's kind of uh-huh. the same, quite the same player getting. But I, a, a very important win for Aberdeen to follow up on the Livingston result. I thought. Yeah, and I think that's it. Aberdeen, Laurie. What about Barry Robson? Do you think? I mean, he's doing himself no harm if he wants this job full time. He, he obviously does. There has been a wee bit of talk the past couple of days that maybe there there is going to be a new manager coming in. Like again, there's been a couple of names thrown about. But if you're Barry Robson, what do you what do you do? Like you, you obviously want to keep winning, but he will be in the shop window looking for this job. He he must be obviously Dave Conmack will be probably quite happy to or be delighted to see the team winning. But what does Barry Robson have to keep doing here to maybe get be in the running for this job? I think uh, kind of a big thing that could help Barry. Who knows? They might have started turning the corner before last night. That's what we're saying about Kelly actually. Is there a way for him? Because mm-hmm. Aberdeen have really sold on the road, you know, this season. Yes. Without looking at Aberdeen's like fixture, they say got a few winnable away games coming up and Rolf down the dugout. If he gets good results there, I think he'd be him with a chance. But personally, I don't see I don't see Aberdeen giving him like a giving him a long contract, has it to be honest. I think it'd be a kind of short term. Back until we get yeah absolutely let's move into quite a, a big game down at the, the bottom of the table Ross County versus Motherwell again probably a theme of the weekend home mm. team were really good first half didn't get anything going but again second half a red card completely kills them and Kevin Van Veen scores a double for Motherwell and keeps this really good run going under Stuart Kettlewell and I think my analysis of the game Stephen's pretty pretty fair I mean, I didn't see Motherwell win the game at half time. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, County were quite good. They've been they've, they've been in decent form, and uh, the red, as you said, the red card changed the game. Uh, Ross County did have definitely had chances to go in front. 
And Hearts just they've kind of dipped a few dipped a few weeks. They haven't been mm-hmm. at their best, but they're coming to form right at the right time because they've two massive games coming up this week. Yeah, absolutely. They are coming to form at the right time, and obviously they had they've lost to Murrowell that a week, and even based on highlights from yesterday, they weren't necessarily at their best. But but certain individuals, the likes of Josh and Ellie, are just pulling them through. I'm sure. Uh, a couple of the goals were deflated as well with their but the hearts hearts have been incredibly consistent throughout the season and every team well maybe it's safe from Celtic are gonna have that wee wobble and hearts hearts perhaps have had it and have now rode the storm and are coming out the other side. Stephen, how many you look at hearts as well obviously that you, they have had a wee dip, they haven't been at their best, mm. but they're still five points clear in third. And again, I think comfortably they're going to finish third. And they just have, like, you You look at their team, Shanklin's obviously been terrific. Janelli has been hitting form as well. I thought George Grant yesterday was brilliant in the midfield. I thought he was one of the best players of the weekend. And they have a lot of quality. You look at, I mean, we, we spoke about Celtic earlier. They're bringing on some good players like Halliday, Devlin, eh, the, the Greek player, Alan Forrest as well. That squad, there's a lot of depth in that squad. They've got a lot of lot of talented players, uh, and you've got you've got to add Robert Snodgrass yeah. to that as well. His experience has been important, I think, coming into the middle of the park for them. But yeah, you just got Barry McKay, the very talented as well. Probably should have done a bit more post Louise's career than he, than he has uh, at this stage. But yeah, I mean, you're bringing off people like Devlin and Haldane and Forrest off the bench. Yeah, you're you're pretty well off. And I think I would I would agree that Hearts are comfortably probably the third best team in that league. The league table doesn't lie. Is you five points clear of Hibs and well, it looks like superior to Hibs with the results that they've had over them in recent times as well. So, yeah, no offence, Hibs fans, of course. <laughs> so, Laurie, you look at St. Johnson as well, and again, a 3-0 defeat will never be, you, you'll never accept that again, but they have to take a lot of facts. They've been really, really good this season compared to what they were last season. They're closer to the top six in the art of relegation, which I think is massive for a team like St. Johnson. They were quite wasteful yesterday. They had a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. You look at the game back, they they would probably say like a couple of them if they'd felt at the right time, they would have maybe got some go uh, a couple of goals out of that. You have to look at St. Johnson and say that this has been a successful season so far. Yeah, they have done really well. I imagine St. Johnson fans would have probably went into, you know, this season quite worried off the back of Having mm. to stay up by the playoffs, you know, yeah, and losing the player who almost single handedly kept them up in Calum Henry. So, mm. so the other man that was winning for this season, I imagine, riddled with a good bit of fear. But, um, Calum have done really well there, some really kind of shrewd additions, like even Daniel Phillips, the midfielder. I think he's serving a bandage now, but even people like that have made. A huge difference, difference in Johnson, and they've been been closer to the top six in relegation. For a club like St Johnson, that's exactly what you want you to. Of course, you want to get into the top six. Since Johnson in the past have made a habit doing that, they've gone totally right. But as long as you're kind of keeping yourself safe, I don't want to use the phrase mid table obscurity, but that's <coughs> that's 
kind of what you want for St Johnson in terms of that help, really. Yeah, absolutely. But it's been a busy weekend of the Premiership. Championship, let's just run through the results and we'll get your, both your results of the weekend. I know where mine's is going to be. Uh, Hamilton now, a broth now, Friday night. We obviously saw the immortal, what well, I think is going to be the immortal photo of the, the season, Dick Canville flipping the bird. Yep. Somebody, I I would love to know who it was. Who it was to? I'm actually I've actually texted him and asked him, but I don't expect a reply. Uh, a United one. <laughs> it was worth a go. I just I was keen to see who it was because he clearly was was doing it to somebody directly. Just that Campbell, absolutely. <laughs> oh, one, one of my class. favorite guests on the oh, show by a mile. We was on our show. It was, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, other results as well. Air one Inverness two. Cove now in D2, Party Thistle 3, Wraith Rovers now, Queen's Park 2, Morton 2. Again, you just look at this table, Stephen. Queen's Park, it, it's just become, it's here we're, here we're sitting second a couple of years ago, now they're out the yeah. Clearly, it's, it's a weird, weird league. But I think mm-hmm. the winners of the weekend are probably Party Thistle for me. Chris Doolan got the job yeah. on a permanent basis, another brilliant result. Again, 3 now against Wraith Rovers, they're now in the playoff spots. That's probably where my result would be. Stephen, where are you? Possibly. Uh, I've got a big mate that, uh, that uh, is, is a huge Jugs fan, so he might need to thank me uh, for this. But that was a impressive win, I thought, for Carly Thistle. Mm-hmm. Um, away from home, because they've been struggling a bit of late. Uh, again, they've got a, still got a pretty horrendous injury list, but that, that was a good result. But maybe, uh, as you said, Thistle playing a more a form team Wraith than 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 Cali were because they have dropped out. It's that that league changes so often, so quickly. It's unbelievable. Um, Queens and Dundee have got a wee a wee gap there, but it's nay, it's still not much because Morton and Air have got a game in hand as well. Mm. So it, it's and they play each other on Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Exactly, so it, it's really up for grabs. Very, very interesting league. That is that. Yeah, I enjoy following that one. Yeah, absolutely. Laurie, what about yourself? Uh, the one that's another one that stands out is probably Dundee. Would you say that? Yeah, I think Dundee stands out, and even um, being far from Morton. I mean, yeah. Morton have done well this year, getting themselves, mm. getting themselves to, into the playoff for the moment. But I mean, as we're just saying, that changed every five minutes who's in there. <laughs> I mean, the championship is. Is an unbelievable league. I mean, for, you would think a league of 10 isn't very insane, but mm. the championship kind of totally fails that. And as you say, Dundee are doing well. I mean, Queen's Park are kind of up there at the moment as well. And I mean, a bit off topic, but if they were to go up, where are they actually going to play their football? Because even if less are handling ready, it's not big enough, mm. is it? Yeah. No, it wouldn't it be. No, no, no. that's going to be interesting one as well. I think as well, we, mm. I I think what will happen is, I don't know if Lesser Hams is going to be, Lesser Hams is going to be ready, but mm. I would imagine if Queen's Park go up, are they going to play Celtic and Rangers at Hamden and just try and max it out? Because they probably would, would get a full house. And yeah. again, I'm going to be interested to see. I again, I don't know for a fact if that's happening, but I can imagine that's what's going to happen. Mm. Unless a Hamden, I don't know. I've not been near Hamden in a while, but to me, it's from what I've heard and what I've seen about it, it does not look ready for Premiership football next season. So (laughs) I think Queens Park are probably a year ahead of where they thought they would be as well, because I don't Mm. think they envisioned themselves coming up this season, and I certainly don't think they imagined to be competing for Premiership playoff. So. It's interesting. I think Dundee, I, I do think the more and more I look at this league, I think Dundee are the team to beat. I just think as well, right. 
they've got so many good players as well. Like, mm. I mean, you just look through their team. I mean, Zach Robinson, Lyle Cameron, Ben Williamson, I think is a terrific player. Probably too good to be playing in the championship. He just needs to yeah. find find a bit of consistency. And they've got a really good manager as well. Gary Boyer's not yeah. a mob. Gary Boyer knows what he's doing and he's came yeah. in to do a job. He's not in to be in the championship. He's there to take Dundee up. And I do think he will. And again, but I just again, knowing people that know Chris Doolin, I know how good a football mm-hmm. guy he is to see him getting a job like that and to be doing really well. Hats off to him. Brilliant for, for Chris. And I do think Partick Thistle are a, are a sleeping giant. And I think mm-hmm. they're, they're now getting to a stage where if they, if they can get into this playoff, this playoff run, they've got players like Scott Tiffany as well, who I think is terrific. Mm. Brian Graham's been doing it for a while. Yeah. They've just got so many good players in that team. But League One is a t- place as well that's been interesting over the weekend. Dunfermline 2, Allowan 0, Falkirk 5, Peterhead 0, Kelty 1, FC Edinburgh 2, Montrose 2, Clyde 0, and Queen of the South 3, Airdrie Onions 2. I think, Stephen, we have to start at Falkirk. I think Peterhead at 59 minutes thought they could maybe be sneaking <laughs> out of of the Falkirk Stadium at a point. Craig McGuffey yeah. with a hard track, including a goal from the halfway line, if you haven't seen it. It's a topper. It's a, a cracker. But again, Falkirk, they're... Cracker. Yeah, brilliant goal. And Craig McGuffey as well, another player. I can't believe he left there for nothing. Again, somebody made well, it day. Yeah. He's local. He's local to you. And, yeah, right. And I just think, if he'd have let him go for nothing... I'm really interested in league because it does still, it looks more like a two-horse race, obviously. Dunfermline play Falkirk. I believe they play each other on Tuesday night as well. Tuesday night, yeah. yeah. Really good Tuesday night. That could be a big game for Falkirk. Mm. It could well be. The It was an interesting one yesterday. It'd still be at nil-nil after an hour mm-hmm. uh, with a really a real struggling Peterhead side. Although David Robertson has made a, a bit of a difference there with the players he brought in. You would still expect Falkirk to to win comfortably, and in which they did in the end. Uh, in fairness to them, that's a massive game on Tuesday night. You'd probably you'd probably say Falkirk need to win it. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, put some pressure. Yeah. Ed and Fairland have been so consistent. Only lost one game all season. Can't argue with that. So I would think it's unlikely they would they would bridge that gap because Fairland will, will continue the consistency. And you've got the two you've got the two big clubs really. Is the top two, yeah, which is which is which is good, and uh, it looks it's definitely obviously going to be Clyde or, or Peter Head at the bottom. I'm afraid it certainly looks like it as well. There's some interesting results in there, Laurie, as well. He likes a Kelty uh, Edinburgh going to Kelty and winning 2 1, Queen of the South 3, Airdrie 2, Montrose 2, Clyde now. Was that any results catch your eye? Well, I would say that you know, Montrose and Clyde, I mean, not, not a huge one, but hopefully, just a Clyde Play down put ahead of pretty much stuck down there, no matter how hard they try. And I mean, Queen of the South, just a general point on them, not so much about yesterday's game. They have really kind of trolled until Marvin Bartley's came in, and that and yeah. they have kind of got themselves well, not quite back on track, but somewhere a bit closer to where they want to be under Bartley. It'll be interesting to see how they go next season. I would. I think that they could be there or thereabouts. Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely. who knows? Both, both them, Fairman and Falkirk, could realistically go up. No. I mean, and they both will be desperate, particularly Falkirk, to get out of League One. I mean, Falkirk have been there for what, five years? Something like that, yeah. 
This is the first they've smartened up a wee bit Falkirk. Obviously, they brought in John mm-hmm. McGuinn. I spoke to somebody at Falkirk a wee while ago, and some of the st- stuff they was telling me was horrible. Like what there was, they were just to get back to that position where they're they're looking more like they're going forward rather than going backwards. It's good mm-hmm. to see Falkirk getting there. League two, it's it's been a two horse race for a lot of the season, but I think it's now been solidified as a two horse race. Dumbarton won, obviously, 2-0 away to Stranraer. Stirling won 3-2 against Albion Rovers. Really tight game, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Al- uh, Albion were 2-1 up. And you've got like that. Obviously, Bonnie Rigg, big result away to Elgin. Mm-hmm. East Fife beating 4 for 3-2. And Stenhouse Muir beating Aaron 3-2. Stephen, a few interesting results in there. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's very close. If you notice that the, between third and, and eight, it's only six points. Yeah. But a huge, uh, huge win for Bonnie de Groves. They, yeah. they really needed a result. Uh, and it's not an easy place to go to because, I mean, look at just the distance they have to go to, to travel to get to, to Elgin uh, to start with. And Elgin are near. Well, they're not in tremendous form, but they're still they're still shooting in there for the for the playoffs. So it's a massive win for them. They could still drag possibly Elgin themselves and Alexis Renard back into that if they continue to get results. But Dumbarton have been uh, have been excellent. They started the season so well. They've still got that five point lead, so it looks between them and and Sterling Albion. But the playoff, the rest of the playoffs, third downwards. Aye, good luck. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that aye. one. Yeah, it could be a lottery in the, from third to eighth. As you say, there's only uh, six points between them as yeah. well. Uh, Laurie, Dumbarton and Stirling, it does look it does look a two horse race. Again, who you, who do you think out of those two will be going up? I I do think that maybe it will be Dumbarton and to, I mean to a degree Dumbarton are a club who will have ambitions bigger than bigger than League Two. It was only five or six years ago they were in the in the championship. I'm not saying yeah. they can, mm-hmm. it goes high as that, but I my money is beyond the Barton, but, but who knows? And, and that uh, kind of playoff race is unbelievable. You can literally know, probably, well, Shamran in particular, are probably like, well, we could go down, well, who knows, we could face that playoffs go down, or indeed, getting up in League One. I mean, um, well, it makes it quite entertaining, I imagine, as a, as a fan, but probably not a good to your health, is it? No, absolutely not as well. And again, it's just these it's these leagues as well. You can build up the Barton had such a good start at this again and it just mm-hmm. could it could work wonders for them come the end of the season when they're getting a bit better form. We do have some action this midweek as well. Some again, midweek's been pretty quiet. We've had the Champions League, but we haven't mm-hmm. really had much Scottish football. We do have some we do have three SP, uh, premiership games. We've got a couple of big games of the championship in League One. Celtic host Hearts on Wednesday night. I should say as well, and I'm not. I I do make this a wee bit of a rant. None of these games are in Sky. Again, Sky brilliant deal. None. Yeah, none of these games. Celtic play Hearts. Hibs play Rangers. None of them are in Sky, and we're supposed to believe this is a brilliant deal for Scottish football. Uh, I agree. Thanks, thanks, uh, Neil Doncaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Celtic play Hearts. Obviously, Hearts will play Celtic in the Scottish Cup in Saturday. Uh, mm. Saturday, I think it is. Yeah. Again. Hearts will be Celtic are so remarkably consistent, but Hearts will be going there with no fear. It's a free. It's I hate the phrase free hit, but for Hearts it really is, Stephen. It is a free hit, absolutely. Um, and and would will they have one eye in a cup game? Even possibly, would you... yeah, possibly. It's it's near beyond. Yeah, possible, but we'll we'll see. I mean, Hearts. I would the best thing to do surely is to go and have a go at them. 
Celtic, if, if they've I got think, anything, any weakness at all, surely it's, it's at the back. I think, so I, think we, I think we, I think we hearts as well as obviously there's there's a way to play uh, Celtic, Celtic in particular is mm-hmm. do you do you sit back and just try and avoid the Celtic pressure, or do you do what he did? Does Nielsen do what he did against Rangers and completely open up, have mm-hmm. a go and get picked off? Now again. If you do one thing, if you if you become defensive, then you get accused of being anti-football. If you get accused yeah. of, if you then open up and get packed apart, then you're accused yeah. of completely just letting go of your defensive. Yeah, so it's hard balance. Hard balance. I do think Celtic will win. I'm going to go for. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go quite quite hard. Three-one Celtic. What do you think, Stephen? Four-one. Laurie Celtic versus Hearts. Okay, I'll say. 2-1 Celtic. I'll be a bit nice to the Jambos, but still think Celtic's going to win. So we'll move into Easter Road, Laurie. Hibs versus Rangers. Again, Rangers, it's just about trying to get get wins in the board. Hibs are coming in at a good time. I think Rangers 3-2. I think Rangers can be very, very prone to some, some defensive mistakes, as we mm. saw last week. I don't think they're particularly good away, good away from home in the league. I think they're capable of letting some goals. They've already... They've won 3-2 three, three times under Michael Beal, and I think this could be a fourth time. I think Rangers will win, but I think it'll be 3-2. I think it'll be quite an interesting game. I think it'll be full of goals. 3-2 Rangers, I'm going for Laurie. What have we got? Yeah, I, I, I think 3-2 is, is quite possible. It, it, as you were saying with Sky a minute ago, to, to me, we could argue about Hibs, oh, sorry, Hearts and Celtic, but that Hibs Rangers game... Mm-hmm. That just screams Sky Sports to you me. Could have, you could have either or either of those games, but again, we're we're supposed to believe that this deal was gonna is transforming Scottish football. Okay. Yeah. But, but anyways, score prediction. I kind of think maybe again I'll I'll go for three one. I don't see I don't see um Hibs scoring two. But but three two would be would be really interesting though. It would be a game you would want to watch on Sky. Let's be certain. Yes, yes. If it was three two, if it would be yeah. a game you'd want to watch on Sky. Stephen Hibs versus Rangers. What's the scoreline? The, the more you think about it, it's true. It's, well, that's nonsense. Like it really is. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. It's, it'll be an interesting game though. Two form uh, sides in league, good league form. So uh, I, I'd agree with you. Defense is not the best on either side at the moment. Two two. Yeah. Two each. Yeah. Two two. Big call. I. Again, just a really it's going to be a really interesting weekend. I think this is the game. This is a the game that could decide. I think you'll be very interested in this, Laurie, because I think my best bet of the weekend of the week is the United away to Livingston. I just have a feeling the oh. United are going to creep up. Kilmarnock. This is going to be the week the week that Dundee United get a a victory in the board. Jim Goodwin's going to get his first win, and I think it's going to be against Livingston. I'm going to go one 0 Dundee United. Am I wrong? Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say you're wrong because I I don't <laughs> really hear Scott, to be honest. I mean I I think Jim Goodwin will be a, a decent appointment for them and and you're you're not wrong and I am starting to to grow more and more fearful as time goes on. So fingers crossed that Levy can do come on like a wee favour, but the United it's bad to have been are capable. I mean, and Livy, I mean, we've seen that fragility every weekend, so could that continue, especially with it being away from home? 
Yeah, absolutely. I give us a scoreline. Sorry, what was your what was your scoreline? Okay, so I'll, I'll go for a one each draw. One one draw. Stephen, what we got? Uh, I think you've you've possibly changed my my thinking there a bit, Scott. It, it, it's Livingston will be hurting from that defeat. It's going to affect them a bit, and they'll have a suspension surely as well, at least uh, one to deal with. So. Yeah, maybe 2-1 United. Yeah, Chris, what was it? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think my strongest selection of the weekend is... Uh, I keep saying weekend, it's, it's during the week. I think I've just got so used to the fact there's so many weekend games. Aye. Uh, the day United, I think, will beat Livingston. I think that's my strong mm. strong selection. And that's going to wrap up the show for this week. I want to thank our guest, first of all, Stephen Shand. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Scott. been a pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you. Enjoyed and it. a pleasure as well. Thank you very much to Laurie Finlayson. Yeah, hey, you're very welcome. It's been an pleasure to um, spend the last four or so minutes doing this, and I'd be more than happy to come back on. Brilliant. It'd be a pleasure to have you both on. Thank you very much for everyone tuned in. Please follow us on social media as well. Stephen Olaby's uh, Highland League and North of Scotland roundups as well during the week. Absolutely. And as well, we will obviously have the roundups of uh, West of Scotland show, Women's Football show will be back as well. We've got a lot coming out. And of course, if you're a horse racing fan, our Cheltenham preview show will be up on Sunday night. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers.